This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. Here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host, TJ. And tonight, I am only joined by the man, the legend, senior editor or managing editor of Hot Time in, Holt, in Old Town, Darth Pat. How's, how's, how are you doing tonight, Pat? I am wonderful. How are you, TJ? You know, I'm excited. We had um, all the, it seems like almost all of the MLS template jerseys with the three stripes got leaked today. It means Except... we're one week away from Except for the fire. Yeah. But we are one week away from our Jersey extravaganza, and you know nothing good can come from that. But we'll touch on that later in the show. It's kind of get some initial feelings. But like you said, the fire was not one of them. No. But you did you did report that on there is Yes, I can some... tell you two things. I can tell you that I have heard the jersey is clean. So take that for what it's worth. And uh I can tell you that Footy Headlines, a very reputable site for such leaks, says that our jersey will be scarlet red. So that's what we know. Uh, Footy Headlines could be wrong. I could be wrong because clean is, you know, in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But um, but that's the that's the two things we know. And I'm, I'm fairly confident both are, are going to end up being correct. But unlike... The other jerseys that were leaked today through that uh, Spanish language uh, Twitter account or the ones that were that appeared in that um, MLS video that they dropped, uh, the fire are not in it anywhere, which makes sense to me because um, obviously the the decision to change the logo and tweak the name came very late. It was, I think, November. And so if you know how these things work, the MLS jerseys are on a, on a staggered cycle where each jersey lasts for two years. And so the red one would have been due this year. The white one would have, if they didn't change anything, would have stuck around. But um, Adidas needs tons and tons. Nike does, too, when they for their teams. Tons of lead time. Like, they're working years ahead on some of these things, some of these templates. So um, whatever they had planned for the fire... Uh, possibly, and this is me speculating here, but possibly they had to scrap at the last minute because it didn't work with the new logo. So um, it's possible that the reason why the fire didn't appear in the leak video or haven't leaked yet is because they might just be getting basic Adidas templates for next year, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. These are the templates that your local club team can get if they're if they're an adidas team and these are you know the goalkeepers are on those templates anyway there's six or eight of them or whatever and the goalkeepers just pick one and they iron on the badge so um and the, that's possible those are those are some of my favorite jerseys because those are fine. the ones you they're fine well, no those yeah. are always some of my favorite because those are the ones you always find at at toy at Ziki stadium on the rack that would have place logo here that they forgot to put the logo the place on logo it. here yeah yeah you'll see those at like if you go to ross Sometimes, especially in the spring when the, all the jerseys pop at Ross, um, they, you'll see those sometimes come up. And, you'll just, yeah, you got to find the badge. But, yeah, it's that could be what's going on. I don't know for sure that that's what's going on. Um, but if you are a hater of the three big Adidas stripes throwback thing that's going on with all these MLS leaks like now, I don't know if the Fire will have that or not. But it's p- potentially they will be one of the only teams, if not the only team, without it. Um, but I don't know that. So it, they may have it. They may not. I think they, that honestly looks cool on some of the jerseys like Minnesota. I think it looks terrible on some of the jerseys. Like, uh, what's a bad one. There's a, there's a, there's enough. Of there's them. a lot of them. And we're, that's, that's next week's show, but that's but yeah. the next week's show is the ins and outs of it. And we'll, we'll, like I said, um, I want to come back to that later. Cause I do want to get some, gen- you, you touch Minnesota, but we'll get, we'll get to some of these later and just kind of get some general impressions of it. But what it, well, we, you talked about rebrand and you talked about the new logo. Um, it came out, it seems like it came out today that our favorite team, our favorite yellow effing team down in Columbus is talking yeah. about a new brand. 
Didn't they just do this? They did. Um, they did it. They got rid and of they the, did it the hardest. Well, I think they did, Bless. and I I agree. I like the the new logo versus the old. The Dortmund D um, look works for them, I think, and it works way better than the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch crest that they had for twenty years before that. So, the fact that they would be considering doing this again seems not what's, good. But what's what what is consistent with the rebrand though? Look at the fire uh, teams that aren't drawing well. That's number one. Teams that are changing stadiums. Number two. Yeah. What's the other thing that happened with the Columbus crew? They, they changed nearly owners. Mo- they changed owners. Sure. Yeah. So, and look at the fire. Same same thing. When you get a new yeah. owner in, they kind they do want to do things their own way. And you look around. Um, I mean, Columbus isn't setting the world on fire. I I, I think their logo is clean. I think the yellow is part of the yellow and black is part of their image, especially the yellow. It's a good and look for me, but. You know. I it's one of those that I can understand why you'd want to do it too because it's not like it's setting the world on fire. Like when we go to when we go, would go to fire games, you, you would inherently the thing other than the fire, you, the thing you would team you'd usually see would be a lot of Seattle or LAFC, Toronto, LA Galaxy. Right. I mean Seattle. That? That's normally a jersey I really like every year, and the the, uh, the oh my god, do they? Well, this that, is terrible. That, that, that again, we are we are. We're going to, and I know tonight we're going to consistently do this. Anytime we get anywhere near these, a Jersey conversation is going to pop up again. We're, we are teasing for next week. Next week will be the, the Jersey extravaganza. We will spend the entire time probably drinking with it and reviewing on an A through F scale, all of the jerseys that have been dropped this year for MLS. And it's going to be an event. It was last year. It was, it was an absolute adventure. It was the first time I actually had to edit a show um, with some of the things that we just the, the jokes really got as think. later and later in the night we were trying to one up one another and the jokes got unerrable. They, they they really did and um, so that will be an adventure. I, I I just thought it was interesting though that the crew is our is looking at doing a rebrand and people are unhappy about it. But I will say this with the fires rebrand and I saw somebody today was it was uh, on or whatever it was a, a quote on Twitter I thought was really. It was, other than the badge, this entire rebrand has been perf- pretty, it's pre- pretty much perfect. It's been perfect for the club. Uh, and- yeah, if you're talking about like the, some of the marketing things they're doing, um, they're putting out a crazy amount of video content. Um, you know, we, we all, I, I did that story for Hot Time about the Robert Barrich Malort uh, intro video. But, like, they've done, like, eight or ten cool things this year so far. Like, they've got this this show that they're doing that dropped today that I thought was really well done, except for the fact that they used my voice in it, which I thought maybe kind of brought the tone down a little bit. But other than that, it was – it was. Yeah. I'm sorry, folks. Um, but uh, other than that, it was, it was outstanding, really cool, like stuff that people want to see. Uh, they did that. Over the weekend, they dropped that circle, that 360 camera video of CJ and Barrett doing like tricks around in the circle, which was like I worked in TV for 15 years and I had to think about how they stitched that thing together. It, it's pretty amazing video editing and, and production there. Um, and then but, uh, I mean, even but even go back, take that back to with the new logo as much as there's a, definitely a social media element that doesn't like it. The release video of the you know the schedule video their video team has been amazing they've been doing and i can tell you that uh one of the things i learned when i did that barrage story with with kyle sheldon uh fires marketing vp is that they've hired like 10 new people on the video team like they've really beefed up the staff so it's no surprise that you're seeing all this cool stuff put out on on social media channels pretty consistently every day because they've got tons of really talented people to do it. So they, they, it's, you know, when you hire like creative, hungry, motivated people who want to do cool stuff, magic happens. Cause everybody, everybody in that office now is pushing each other to come up with the best content. So, and, and they're all trying to, you know, it's sort of like a team in that regard. It's they're all trying to one up each other and, and make 
even cooler stuff than the last person. So that's why, I mean, they're doing really, really good stuff. And um, that I was going to say it even included when they announced the signing of Miguel Angel Navarro, the Venezuelan defender, um, the social media announcement was a still clip of him juggling a soccer ball in front of like this kind of, it's, it's the crown from the crest. It's the yellow and red crown flame thing. And then there's like some side designs, but it's an animation that they made. And it is, it's taken me a while for the, the logo. I don't hate it anymore. I still don't know if I like it, but it's the parts of it have grown on me. It looked, this was definitely the coolest it's looked was in that, in the Miguel Angel Navarro clip. You can see that, uh, on their Twitter, or if you want to go to Hot Time and click on the Miguel Angel Navarro story, I've got it there for you. So you could see it there. But, um, I mean, just well done. Just well done left and right from, from these guys. And I know that a lot of people hate the logo, and it was a big shock when that thing came out for sure. But um, if you're going to say that they did a bad job with that, they've done a good job with about everything else like a really good job i think so they still get on every single social media post when are you going to change the logo so but you know what maybe that doesn't end maybe that just continues forever but i expect that will die out at some point like you've always pointed out tj the uh the patriots logo is a great example of one that people learn to live with because the team won an awful lot with it so and i don't think you're there anymore are you no, I'm still here. Where did you go? I think I hit the mute button on accident, which oh, is always okay. You may which is probably great. That. Which is probably great content. It's there's better a, for the show when I don't. It, it's better for the show when I don't talk. But you know, maybe there's an edit um, for you though, right there. It, it's that you have an owner that knows Chicago, that's from Chicago, that gives a shit about Chicago, and as much as I always deferred that said I didn't feel Houtman was entirely responsible for the failures of the club in the past. You can, I can definitely say that I think having Mansueto and having somebody who isn't an absent empty shirt does matter. And it matters a great deal. And that's why, like you said, I, the badge, I, I don't, I went from, I hated it to, I can deal with it. I'm starting to like it because, and it, I think the video content is a lot of it. Like you, you were pointing out before, they're using it in everything. They're using it in such a positive manner. And if they start winning with it, you better believe it's going to be. It'll be. It'll be worth it because the colors are good. The design is kind of crap, yeah. but I, the, I, and I've said that from the beginning. With the colors, it looked good, I, especially I. And I'm a fan of navy. That's one of my favorite colors to begin with. So that, so I'm, par, I'm partial towards that. However the way that they seem to use it is it's just been a good thing all the way around. And I think that will resonate and it's because they're continuing to make a positive impact to keep pushing positive things with it, not just basics. They're going above and beyond. I think it will grow and you can see it starting to grow. Like you said, there's always somebody complaining. First thing is complaining yeah. about the logo. Even, now the, you're even the logo but haters you're starting are, to see the pushback. Yeah. You're starting to see pushback from the other side. I'm done. It's like, got it. It's and it's the same answer as you. It's starting to grow on me a little bit. It and is. I think when you go back to Mansueto's interview with um with Sanlo, <laughs> that was kind of what he said. He's like, give it some time and see what and happens. And that's an example of why he's a better owner than than Hopton because Hopton always and I didn't cover the team back then, but he always struck me as very sensitive. Yes, he wasn't cheap in that in some regards because he did things like he built the fire pitch. He had the, what, third highest payroll in the league last year. Correct. But he was cheap on staff, as I understand it. Um, that's why it, it's, you're seeing, you know, like I just mentioned with the media staff, like there's more people so they can do more cool things because there's more people employed there. So, um, but um, he did, he wasn't very... I mean, we're not talking about Stan Kroenke levels here, but he didn't really um, talk to the media. And when you, I think Mansueto understands this. When you don't talk, 
to the media. When you don't talk to people, this is a people thing. People will project what they think you think on you. And you need to be prepared for that if you're not going to speak up for yourself. So like people will fill that void and it's kind of human nature to fill that void with like the worst possible things. If, especially if it's a team that's not doing well on the field. So, you know, it, when, when Hoffman doesn't say anything, people, and the team, and the team yeah. continues to be crap. Yeah. Everyone's going to, yeah, it, people are going to project the worst possible things. And I think like Joe strikes me as I've not met him yet, but, uh, he strikes me as a very normal guy considering the fact that he's a billionaire. And that is what people who have talked to him and who have dealt with him at the team have told me like, he's, he's a very normal dude. He's a normal guy owner. You know, it's, he cares. He's there. He, he wants the team to do well. Um, well, again, that can't hurt. That cannot hurt, you know? So I'll go back to where the beginning, when this all, and you can go back and listen to some of the old pods that we did. And we, when, he first came in and they bought their way out of Bridgeview. I was, I will be the first to admit, I was incredibly critical of it. Cause I'm like, okay, what's the next step then? What are you doing? You're going to go to soldier field. And, and I was on the record of saying, I thought it was a terrible idea because they're how empty it will look if they're bad, but he's got me believing that this is the right, this is the right move. It, it was a quote of something along around the paraphrasing is, there's 9 million people in the city. We should be able to put 25, 30,000 in the stadium every game if yeah. we do what we're supposed to do. And that said a lot. It's like, okay, he's going big. And everything, every move he has yeah. made since then has been big. And I get it. People are going to, they're going to bring it. And I, I kind of using this as a segue is the Pizarro sign, this Pizarro action in action, whatever. But he, it's not necessarily, he's not spending on the team now it's more he's letting the soccer people decide what they want i don't think it's he's blocking payroll in that sense by any stretch of the imagination i think it's more let the soccer people build the soccer team the way they want to do it within within a reasonable thing i mean they could go get pizarro tomorrow overpay for him and be done with it but that's not a sound business sense and i don't think you get to be a billionaire with spending bad money and i so i not that I think Pizarro is necessarily dead. I don't know. I you know more about that. I'm going to kind of yeah. Leave that so what I can you tell you is that. Um, there was, uh, I think, pretty solidly reported by other people, not me, that there was like some sort of initial interest or or contact. Um, I think the the guy who runs the Men in Red '97 uh, Twitter reported that, and he usually is is fairly accurate with his stuff. So. Um, since then, that was a while ago. Since sure. then, there was all these. There's a bunch of stuff out there claiming that they were p- partnering up with Adidas and and this and that. I don't know that any of that's. I don't. I don't know that it's not true, but I don't know that it is true. I know nothing about any of that to to know whether it's true. But sure. I will tell you this: I know a couple things. I know that a source from the league has told me that the fire are focused on other players. So that tells me that it may not be 100% dead, but if there was initial interest, the price may have been way out of whack. Um, I have heard that the fire are not really utilizing a number 10 in their training sessions. Um, They're kind of playing with two number eights. Pizarro is a number 10. That's not to say he couldn't move wide as a forward or whatever, but um, it, it... Maybe doesn't fit what uh, Rafa Wiki's trying to do, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, he would help. He's a Mexican national teamer, and he's 25, and he's young and exciting. But I don't think that it's something that's going to happen. No, and I, and I I tend to think, and I believe you put it in your I don't know if it was in your article or you put it up on Twitter was. Um, he seems more destined for Europe and yeah, I put that in the article and that is just, that's me projecting that on him, but doesn't that make sense? I mean, he's, he's at the Mexican champions. He's 25 years old. He's on the Mexican national team. The next I'd like to say why would, you know, I know why he'd come here cause he'd be a star and he'd make a lot of money, but, but 
I I would go to Mexico. I would go to Europe if I were him at this point. But sure, he absolutely would. Um, it's just it's an interesting whole dynamic. And then, um, like I said, I I'm I'm impressed with everything. And now and now I this is something we didn't talk about pre-show. We haven't talked about even via text message. But I this kind of crossed my mind is. So what's the next step to build to rebuilding this? Um, I keep coming back to this thought, and I think I've said it on the show, and I know, if, I, but is because the question I, I believe we were conversing back and forth about what to do with um, the sixteen-year-old goalkeeper because he can't play academy anymore because he's a professional, but you really, but you're not going to keep him on the roster either because he's not ready. So what do you do with him? And because Lansing was our was one of the affiliates last year the other was indy 11 but lansing's gone now is the time i think you you start looking at obviously not for this year but for next year you get your usl2 team or usl championship team whichever way you want to go with it and get it out to bridgeview that to me i feel like is the next play you want to build something up you have a city of nine million people you have some phenomenal soccer clubs in this area uh your your family is part of one of them um one of the super clubs in the area. I know it's more for the women's side, but even still, there is enough great soccer players in this area that I think a USL uh, USL one team or a USL championship team and get it out in Bridgeview would be is the next thing to do. I mean, I, I would love to see that. It, it's you know, if 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 Bridgeview probably needs another tenant besides the Red Stars, uh, and if they did it right, where you know they didn't kill you over parking or ticket costs how great would it be to be able to pop out there see some of the future stars of the fire uh some of the big names in the area who are or are trying to make it you know to the next level and then go to soldier field and see our uh first place back-to-back mls cup champion chicago fire i think that would be that's possible right we can do that i think i think we can do that um, but yeah, I think, I think it would be a it would be a blast to see that happen. And and the team I look at that I think is a good, really good, a really really good example of how to do that is, um, I think FC Dallas has done a great job with it. Although I think the one thing that's ironic with FC Dallas is they kind of have it backwards that the North Texas team, which is USL one team, is playing at Globe Life Stadium or whatever, which was the Rangers old stadium. And then the main club is still stuck out in Frisco. Yeah, right. I think ideally you'd want that yeah. backwards. But yeah, I, you know, I think like, and I, and I think I have said this before. What I think the fire should do is take that complex because you don't need all the parking space. You don't need as you make that your your team headquarters. You look at like um, uh, the Bears are what uh, Hallis Hall. Yeah, you know, I mean they kind of are something like that. Um, I, the a lot of the staff has moved downtown to okay. a new office, but the um, the technical people are still out in Bridgeview, and I, I do know that they closed the the store. They did there, okay, and they they're turning that into some kind of um, I, I can't remember if what I was told if it was a weight room or something like that. But there's uh, sure. they're expanding the facilities out there, and they could continue to do that and make that a pretty nice. Um, place for both of the soccer teams that play there to play. And I, I still think it would be a good idea for us open cups games, at least mm-hmm. in the opening rounds for when MLS gets involved in it to be either not, if not in Bridgeview, then in Naperville or like move them around like they used to. I still think that's a fantastic idea. I know, you know, the Sounders don't play at century Lake for their us open cup games, at least early on. Um, they go out. They go out to yeah. was Starwood or whatever that it was. Yeah, yeah the, they the don't. Place where they practice. So it, it's it's something that that St- would Starfire. That was it. Yeah, Sorry. that's it. Yeah, um, it's something that uh, would be a fantastic idea. I think for the fire to be able to spread some love around the the area. I don't know if like the one of the baseball fields that's right there along 294 and Rosemont would be uh, a good option. I don't know if you could throw a soccer field on there. I'd have to find out, but that, that I mean, maybe that'd be cool. Um, the the college in downtown Naperville might be cool, where the, the fire played North, in two thousand North Central. Yep. Yeah, three North Central it? College. Yeah, um, something like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be, or 
you know, where the Red Stars used to play in Lyle is at Benedictine. That's Benedictine, um, yeah. There are places you could... Evan, you, Evanston. Go up to Evanston. Yeah. Ryan Field and Evanston. Move it around uh, a little bit. Or they, I think they've played in, like, Peoria and stuff like that. They did play so in Peoria. I think, Correct. I think it would be a fantastic but, idea to do that for cup games. And that was one of the great things I thought about when the Bridgeview buyout happened was Bridgeview... They were handcuffed to Bridgeview. Yeah. I, I believe they, I had heard... If there was a gameplay, they had to pay Bridgeview essentially to use the field, whether they used it or not for those games. If it was scheduled and they chose to play it, say, at Wheaton College or something like that, they still had to pay Bridgeview what they would for a normal game. I believe they had to pay Bridgeview for the MLS All-Star game. Correct. That would be that would fit in with that concept. Yes. If it was a. Or they had to get special dispensation from the village to. Right. Because the contract, I believe the wording of the contract said that any mls game so they there was the some people had the idea that to get out of that thing you could move the team to austin and then a year later start a new chicago fire that would be an expansion chicago fire and that that would not have broken that lease because it was a it was an mls deal so the fact that that mansueto got us out of that thing um whether you think soldier field's a good idea or not being free of that anchor that was around the team's neck is a good thing. And and, and I and I tweeted about it over the weekend is the uh, the Tramier Rovers Manchester United game was pretty much played on a cow pasture and that's my concern that's been my concern the whole time is Soldier Field does not hold up well, worth a crap especially when you get to the fall and I have my concerns about being a cow pasture and I I feel like at some point it's going to have to go the way of Seattle and New England and go to the fake grass if it's going to maintain any sort of credibility. But um, I know it's been reported that they, they get to replace the field a couple of times or X number of times a year. Like they've built in that fact that they can replace the field to make it playable. But I have my, that's my big, that is probably my biggest, it's my biggest concern now is the playing surface. It's not the crowd or anything else, because I feel like just even, you know, when you and I talk about um, hot time in old town and the fact of, the number, you know, just the popularity, it's starting to see. There is definitely a buzz around the club, and they haven't even made any huge splash signings that I I can't recall seeing in a while. Would I be wrong in stating that, or is that seem? No, it, it seems like there's a, um, other than the badge, there's a kind of a positivity that's, and, you know, people were worried and kind of panicked when the roster was at 16 or 17 there for a while. And I think a bit rightfully so, but it's still, you know, they're they're slowly kind of getting it right. And I think there is like at the beginning of every season, there's like a natural optimism that and in sure. any sport anywhere, except for the, you know, the most pessimistic of people like our friend Chris. But um it, for for most people, there is a, like there's there's a natural optimism in MLS or the NFL or these leagues that that reward parity. There is even more optimism because you really do like the Fire really could win MLS Cup this year. I don't think they will, but they could. It's possible, right? Like it, it's yeah. so. Um, part of it's just that it's the beginning of the year. Part of it's that the Fire are putting out a bunch of cool content on social media that the people genuinely like. Um, I, I you know yeah, what, and and I will, and I as I I stated this on previous shows, and again it happened this weekend. I went for uh for for Charlie soccer games over at Ackerman. I saw again, I saw more of the new badge. I saw a few things than I did of the old badge. And with with this the with new this exception, with I ha- I've seen it a few times now. The exception being is the first game and this is after the first game i'm going to put the caveat first game they're playing fire junior so that throws everything right out the window um so which i'll be curious to see how they move to the new badge because i they will at some point as well but other than that in the wild i have seen more of the new badge than i have of the old badge and that and that tells you something it's the same thing and that's why when we were addressing columbus earlier i come back to it's like if when people stop buying stuff, that's when you look at a rebrand. Unless you are an iconic logo, you start looking at a rebrand. Yeah, I mean, if, if it, you it, don't it, want this day, thing to succeed, don't buy anything. Yeah, because that they'll change it. 
But if this team so. if this team starts winning, you're going to buy stuff because it looks good. Winning, winning, winning looks really, really, really good. And and I'm going to throw an example at you, Pat, and well, two, a couple examples. And you go into the college realm. You look at Alabama. You look at Penn State. They have some of the more boring logos or boring uniform sets, logos. We'll call it what you will anywhere. But winning looks really good. So they don't have to change it. You yeah. keep winning. The Yankees haven't had to change it in forever. They have a good look, though, objectively, I think. They've tweaked around with the logo. Look back in the 80s. They tried some goofy things, and they've gone back. Then now they're yeah. back to what the old one. But winning looks good. If the Yankees were terrible every year, they'd probably rebrand by now. And you got to win. That it, that the logo, the badge, the brand is always tied in with winning. And that's kind of it. And you know, and people people keep referencing back to like Leeds. Well, look, they got their bad logo and they changed it up again right away. Leeds isn't in the Premier League, and they're not competitive. In the, I mean, I get it; they're one of the better championship teams, and I get it; they were nearly bankrupt. And Leeds should be in the Premier League. They're not. When they're in the Premier League and and as a mid upper team ta- table like Man United, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, that other team in London, which I'm not going to Man City, um, Liverpool. When you get to when you get, um, I guess Leicester's seems like they're getting closer to that when you get to that level your local looks good because you win your colors look good because you win so on that note let's move on to winning um we kind of touched on this a little bit before we started i do want to i did want to get into this i guess now that i think about it is um one of the best winners in sports over the last 15 20 years was was tragically taken this weekend and it was um was Kobe Bryant obviously. Now we're a soccer show. We're not we're not gonna go into a ton of detail onto this into feelings of basketball and all this stuff. But um he, Pat and I are both dads. And I that's why I wanted to to touch on it. I and I'm I'm gonna put the take care of the elephant in the room right away. I, I am completely critical of uh, um Cristiano Ronaldo because I think he's rapey. I think Kobe is rapey, but I feel like Kobe, the defense, I will say, and I, I'm not a defender of Kobe. I think what he did, it was horrible in Colorado. I feel there's a victim out there that is being re-traumatized by this over and over again. So I'm just going to get that out of the way. But Kobe, the dad was something that impressed me and Kobe, the evolution uh, into a man from a snotty, a snotty young kid was impressive and being a dad and seeing finding in seeing that three children you know three children and then you know it, it, the the only thing it seems to hit for me is that uh, a wife isn't going to have her husband anymore she's not going to have her daughter the other three sisters aren't going to and one of them is never going to know their dad the other two aren't going to see their sister again or their dad again and yeah it's it's, and it's terrible. It's a terrible law, but Kobe, the dad, and that's where I wanted to touch on because what was he doing? He was a, he was a basketball coach and you and I are soccer coaches. So to me, he was going to pr- a game. Maybe was it a game or was it a practice? It was I, a game. Yeah. It was something that, I mean, I don't fly in a helicopter, but I, right. something I do pretty much every weekend is what I he feel, was doing. But I, right. I yeah. feel like, but I feel like you driving on the Stevens. Or, exactly. Um, yeah. Might be scarier, not for you as a driver. I've driven with you <laughs> time. Just other people around you make it scary. It's just something so common. But to see the coach in there, I mean, how much did that hit you a little bit from that perspective as you've evolved into a coach, into a dad, and things like yeah, that? Yeah. The initially it it was just that he's. I've talked about it in the show. Like, there's people that are so incredibly famous, you feel like you know them a little bit. And he, I think, would be in that category. And 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 the fact that he's, you know, I hadn't even considered that he would die. Like, it, it's I I talked to my wife about this. Like, there are more famous people than him that have died recently. Like, I, I gave the example of the first President Bush died, right? Like, it he's more famous objectively in the world than Kobe Bryant probably, but um, 
we all he he was old. We all kind of knew. Like you didn't expect. Like Kobe seemed invincible, and to some degree. And so the initial feeling I had was shock. Just that that can't be true. That's crazy. What? This seriously can't be true. And I had, having worked in television newsrooms, I had some serious issues with some of the stuff that went on uh, with the reporting of everything that happened. And I know exactly how that stuff happened. By the way, that's a separate story. Um, But, uh, and then it kind of like, then you thought about it as we learned the the actual facts correctly um, of what happened. You know, you thought about, geez, he was doing what I would do. Or he was, you know, now his, I, I, you think about, you relate it to your own family and what it would be like if two of the members suddenly died. It's, I can't even comprehend it. It's so terrible. So, um, yeah, you, you, it's as, as hard as it is to relate to a guy who was, you know, one of the best basketball players of all time and is so wealthy he could fly around in a helicopter you can because being a parent is the same in most it's, ways. Being it, a coach it, for your kids is the same. So I want And then did you see there was an interview that's you can find it on Twitter. It's not hard. You can find it when you talk about why he takes a helicopter. He took a helicopter yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And it was to paraphrase it for anybody who didn't check it was basically he would take a helicopter to and from practice when he was still playing. And the reason why he would do that. Is because he could get home and get in the car and go sit in Carline and pick up his kids because yeah. because he was on the road a lot and anybody who and being a soldier in, in the, He's trying to it was time, time with his yeah. kids the time and was more somebody, valuable to him than the money that it cost to fly the helicopter correct and, and I, having I, been in LA again over the summer it's soul crushing driving around that city so yeah I can totally relate to it and and I can relate to it under the pretense of somebody who's who's military career spiked last year and I was gone a lot and 20 more minutes with my kids was something I, you know, that's what the part was like, mm-hmm. I had 20 more minutes with my kids. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, and things like that. So I think that was what hit me was the human side of it was just seeing the pieces that you can't, like you said, you can't relate to it flying a helicopter. You can't relate to it with the amount of money. But the, you can relate to it in wanting to spend the time with your family. You can spend relate to it in wanting to be a coach for your children that you and I are. And, and, that, and that was kind of what yeah. I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit. Um, and you had the said... Other, there's one other thing I wanted to point out that, that the, this is the only good thing that's come of his passing is that a lot of the interviews and different things that he's done have kind of, they've been played back a bunch and there's something that he says often that is like, if you're younger and you're listening to this show, this is like Alex. the, this Alex, is the do your most, homework, by the way. Alex. Yeah. I mean, you, he, you shouldn't be listening, Alex, cause you should be doing your homework, but uh, this is the most important advice that I think you can get as a young person. If you, if, you know, if you can grasp this as a young person and my, my older son does, and I, I didn't at his age. So, and it's this, Find something you love to do and work outrageously hard at it. And the work will be really rewarding. Like, that's it. You, you only get one life. Go for the thing you want and go as hard as you can. And, it, like, that's his message to a lot of people. And, you know, I've seen that and basically paraphrasing that in a number of interviews that have come out that you know have been replayed back since his death and that's like one of the that's like treat other people the way you want to be treated that's like one of the the most important things that if you can grasp as a human being so yeah that's and it's you know for i played one of his interviews for my older son i'm like he's like yeah that's what i do with soccer i'm like yeah that's exactly right like because the work is enjoyable and i i kind of get that like i was away from journalism except for us fan tv for four years I think and being back in the game with hot time I've never covered soccer before but it's the same concepts and principles that that I that I worked for a long time you know interviews and and sources and and writing and it's it's really enjoyable work to me and sometimes I put far too much into it 
than what I thought I was going to be doing when I signed up for it. But I don't mind because it's fun. So it, it's enjoyable. It, it's, it's, you know, I'm having a blast with it. So that is a great piece of advice from Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of to wrap it up is, as I started with, he had some character flaws, to put it mildly. Like I said, he was rapey. To see him least, kind of yeah. grow, to see it's him grow, grow growing. past it. Yeah, yeah. As, as somebody... People who, can be more than one thing, and people can evolve. Those are two very I, important points. And I feel, and that was kind of the key is, if you're a victim, and there are people who are being victimized over and over again because of this, because they speak out saying um, how... how you know the 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 Kobe defenders will come out and attack, which that's a that's a whole show for another time about the attacking on social media. To me, is is brutal. People grieve. People if people need to work on that in different ways. But my point of this is, as somebody who has had trauma in their life, I can tell you outright to to see. To me, I think if you see that person grow evolve and understand it doesn't take the trauma away but it does help to me it to me that would help that in years exactly. of therapy yeah, yeah it, it doesn't therapy. it doesn't reduce the severity of what happened and i don't know what happened specifically in that hotel room i know what she alleged and what he said mm-hmm. it feels like he did something wrong there very strongly to me but yes. i don't know um but and there's no, certain, it's, it's not it's, as it's clear compli- cut as Ronaldo. No, it's, it's not as clear exactly. cut as Ronaldo. It's super complicated because there's certain things that you can do in this world that you you should not be forgiven for. You should not get a second chance, and that's a really severe thing. But at the same time, people screw up, especially when they're younger. And if you see they've made an honest effort to improve themselves. You have to kind of respect that too, and it, it's I it, I'm very torn with it, but mm-hmm. I, I like it, the man that he became. That's for sure. I like the dad he became. Yeah, and that's part. I mean, be, becoming a parent is it's we so, uh, humbling and, and, and Alex. It, you know, yeah. We, yeah, we there is something about being a dad that changes, and and I'm sure being a and being a mom. Like, you know, I know we've talked to our wives, our spouses about it changes the world. And my, uh, my, my cousin's husband, Roger, when I, when we had our son, he texted me that morning and said, or was he maybe posted on Facebook was welcome to the greatest club on earth. And to me, that wasn't it, that I, I use that for, to new parents all the time. And it, it is, it is the greatest to me. It is the greatest club on earth. And so, and I, I want to finish on that and go back to something you said in the beginning in the, early on in this, you said like, George W. Bush when he passed, or George H. W. Bush. George W. Bush is still George alive. George W. Bush. W. is still with us, as far as I know. He's still with us. But it, when George H. W. passed, it was it was kind of expected, and you got to go back, and you to find somebody that famous, and it was unexpected. And uh, for me, Anthony Bourdain was a because he he's, like he's not nearly not nearly famous. as famous. But for me personally. That's the only celebrity death I've ever encountered where I actually felt like I lost a friend. He, sure. He's he's a huge hero to me, but obviously Kobe is is more famous than Bourdain. But I mean, who would it be? Michael Jackson? No, because Michael Jackson, you always we all kind of knew that something bad could happen, right? Yeah. Always felt something was not right with it. Same with Whitney Houston. That was another one I thought. Oh yeah, John Lennon. But with the years, what's that? Would it be John Lennon? Like the last. That was the name I came up with. I was a few days old at that point. So, like, I was three or four, but I don't remember. The one my wife came up with was Princess Di. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yes. Princess Di was a. Yes. That's a a great call. And that's one that she was obviously more famous than Kobe Bryant. So. Um, but yeah, I remember the like that was a very very shocking thing that happened from a from, from a sports from a sports perspective. Is I somebody put out Len Bias, but Len Bias wasn't famous like like Kobe Bryant. The only the name I the only name I heard that even resonated like yeah I could see that would have been Roberto Clemente. That's how yeah. far to get somebody who was globally famous for sports that passed tragically. 
what was the name of the German goalkeeper that killed himself? Oh. I can't think. I, I could Google it, but yeah, that he was that was a big deal. But I, again, I can't think of his name right now. So, um, like Kobe Bryant was globally known in sports because right. next to soccer, like, basketball is probably it. Like it, you, you know, it's the NBA is a global league. So, and he is a all-time great player, like sure. by anyone's measure. So, um, it's. Uh, I feel, we, I feel we need to move on yeah. to something happier. Probably yeah. Um, did you did you get and and I'm asking you this straight out because I do want to I want to br- touch on this because it cracked me up to no end. Of did you get to watch the highlight to Guernsey? I asked you to watch over the weekend. No. Twelve minutes. Did you get to spend twelve minutes on? I it? still plan to, but I've been. Very I, I, I want to touch because other life stuff. Okay, so and we've talked about this before. I gave Pat a three month subscription to Guernsey to check it out. And yeah, Guernsey is a not only an island. Uh, between uh, Britain England and, and France. France. Yeah, it is a uh, 28th division team. Something like that. It's a, But I, I, I talk about, we talk about this, and this is everything I loved about non-league and lower league was all came up in this highlights. And I, I, I want to draw, the goalie was fat. Okay. The opposing team's goalie, we, he, either he was fat or he had a shirt that was a size too big, too small. One or the other, take your pick. He takes a red card in the like the 20th or 25th minute early in the first half on a foul outside the penalty area. So he takes a red card. Excellent. And do they bring in the backup goalie? No, they put a field player in. And the field oh, player Mike stayed McGee in style. Mike McGee style the rest of the game. Oh this gets God. better. This is all in the same game, mind you. He makes a save with just sticking his foot out, like trying to trap the ball where every other goalie would have gotten down. and He just stuck his foot out. It's like such bad goalkeeping technique, but for a field player, it worked and he saved the goal. You had a penalty kick against Guernsey in the second half. And it got sky about 50 <laughs> miles over the goal. <laughs> Guernsey won the game one, nothing on the, which that in itself to me, it, and again, this is something as a Guernsey fan, I respect that you, for the last several years, as this team has struggled, been close to relegation a couple times, been on the bottom part of the league. Points at home were almost a given. Points on the road never happened. Like they went a year, I, I believe, without getting, I'm not sure if it was point a, any points, but didn't get a win for sure. And I think this year they have more points on the road traveling than they do at home. Come on, you Green Lions. (laughs) But, I mean, just all in one game. The penalty kick that was just launched. The goalie that was overweight taking the red card. The field player and the goal. I'm like, this is peak non-league soccer. And we get to, and to me, that's everything I love with the game, though, is that you still had, you know, almost a thousand people out there watching and enjoying it. And, you know, that are into this, that it caught my attention there. And the, the fans that are with Guernsey and around incorporate everybody into that family. And it, to me, that's cool. But speaking of crowds that, you know, a thousand people crowds, um, us women played, played last night and we had Mexico and Jamaica tonight in the CONCACAF Olympic qualifiers. I think the announced attendance was somewhere around 4,200 for the U S yeah. women. That's a bit depressing. It is, and it's also depressing that they worked out the TV deal 36 hours ahead of time, but they got it done. And 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 that, and that was gonna, I was going to ask about say something about that too is, and you're seeing a lot of the Bundesliga highlight video that Fox Soccer or Fox Sports likes to use when they run out of things to put on, they don't have commercials to sell, and they only had like you said 36 hours to do it, so not a ton of commercials, but these games are on Fox. Uh, Fox Sports 2, I believe, which even, you know, even some of the people I know that I trust around women's soccer were surprised. They thought it'd just be buried on Fox Soccer Channel, but they're using Fox. There is no Fox Soccer Channel anymore. It's still there. I have it. Oh, I don't have that anymore. I I just have FS1 and FS2. I just got FS2. FS2. Comcast has it. Nope. On on, um, AT&T U-verse, it's 1653. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I, no, I, I still know it have still it. existed. 
does, and it's because it's the home of pretty much most of their Australian rules football in the in their season. But and right now, and right now, so they the games are on FS2 and FS and Fox Soccer Channel in the evening are playing MLS playoff games and games from last year that were on Fox. They're replaying those. It's pretty interesting. But it's the fact that only forty two hundred in in Houston last night, yeah. and probably yeah, for... less, and probably and less than that tonight down in um down for real uh, real grand valley um stadium for mexico I'm, I'm shocked that one i'm probably more as shocked at and i know it's not us and you can't blame us soccer as much as you and i are the first ones that you more no they're not marketing this it's it's, it's Concacaf. so it it you know so if you, anybody and we all know Concacaf doesn't really care about women's sports it seems so and it's you know yeah. i there was a I saw a Twitter argument about, and I hate, I absolutely despise comparing the men's team and the women's team. Sure. But the, somebody was mad like that because the way CONCACAF does it is they, they sell these things in a, it's probably soccer United marketing doing it for them, but they sell these things in a lump, right? They're so it's the gold cups and it's the, it's the men's Olympic qualifying the U23s and then the women's and this is one case and while the women are vastly more successful I, even last night the women didn't play well and they won for nothing so I'm a lot more excited because I'm pretty confident the US women will qualify for the Olympics I'm a lot more excited to see a potentially fully loaded men's team because all of our, the majority of our best players are under 23s. We could sure. bring, if everybody gets released, the men's team could bring an absolute rock star team and try to actually qualify for the Olympics this time. Um, so in this case, I think I am more excited about the men's team, a team that I'm very down on normally, when compared to the women's team, a team that I'm very up on normally. So, but, now, um, but yeah, it was not fair at all to the women that this, they, they cut it that close. It was ridiculous. It, it's not fair, but everything I the those that I tr- again the, around the women's soccer community that I trust in their opinions. Everything I can gather is it wasn't that they were looking to piggyback the women's on the men's. It was they were looking to piggyback the men's onto the women's right. The women's <laughs> yeah, were the rights that were people wanted. They needed to be able to piggyback the men's U um, twenty the Olympic qualifying tournament, and then also they threw in the Concacaf Champions League is now going to be on Fox. So that was the complete package. And it was those two things needed to be tied on to to get the women. Like everybody wanted the women's. They didn't want the others. It was getting somebody to take all that, take all the properties Mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's not fair to the women. I agree with that, but which fine, say what you will, but that doesn't explain tickets and the lack of. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that Fox I don't think they do a lot well, but traditionally they do market the games fairly well. So like sure. they'll throw in during a promo during an NFL game or something like that, mm-hmm. that would have a lot of eyeballs. And I could argue that if they had the rights a long time ago, like they should have, they could have been doing that. People in Houston would have noticed. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not us soccer's job to market that, no, this is this it's, is a Concacaf. I know, I understand the difference, but sure. Even if it's not U.S. Soccer's job to do it, maybe they could have helped, and uh, you would have seen more than forty-two hundred people. I don't know what ticket prices were. You know, and I, and I don't either. I know I did look up. I did look up Friday. I looked the ones up Friday because I was curious about this. Is that get in off of by looking at quickly in SeatGeek the other night? It's for, less than forty bucks a ticket right, to get in. I was going to say, I typically. Gold that's Cup for, games that's are cheaper for the men's team than friendlies. Sure. Yeah. It, it, so that's the one area where it is kind of better. But um, that's a really low crowd for the women, and that uh, surprises me honestly. Because like it, it, the only and the other thing I've heard read was people around Houston that know the Houston area said getting to that stadium is not easy, and you're talking a weeknight during rush. It was a weeknight. Yeah, it was a weeknight, and, and it that's. Was a, and, because they and said if is, you've ever noticed, if you've ever noticed Houston, 
Houston Dynamo games during the week, even their big ones, they have trouble with it because I guess it's Houston traffic is just brutal. And I don't know. You could argue that it's a weak opponent, but the women are always playing weak opponents. And this is actually for something. So that shouldn't be. The only tournaments that aren't weak opponents are the Women's World Cup. The and she believes, and and she believes. Yeah, yeah. she believes is always awesome, but um, but yeah. So it, that's kind of disappointing. I, the game, it's, the game itself was, and you didn't. I I did. I watched it most as much as I could with being a, being a father of three, and I will tell you, I by the end of it, I was I I had a soft spot in my heart for Haiti because the way they just kept defending. Can, can you, kept, as a referee, can you explain to me? What the sure. hell happened on that? Ah, yes, goal? yes, yes. I, 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 thank you for that. I, I do appreciate it. We talked about it. Um, and I did get confirmation from Bruce Bodie, who's uh, who's a, um, one of the referee instructors in the Chicagoland area. And he's, from a refereeing perspective, a mentor of mine. Here's the simple answer. She screwed up. She missed. You really cannot be offsides on a corner kick, period. How how do you how do you if even if the flag goes up if you, even if the AR's flag goes up how do you as the center ref I th- accept I, that I, you I think you trust that there's something because as a center ref you're probably at that point you're focused more on the action of players crashing the penalty you're looking for fouls there so when the flag goes up you trust that there's something there and. If I'm a referee and that flag goes up, I'm going to trust that she saw something like a goaltender interference, the ball hooked in or out, because you know, you're know you not necessarily always watching the flight of the ball, because that's what the AR is on that line to do. You're going to be back around probably the top of the penalty area. Now, one of the things Bruce taught me in one of the trainings is you, when you're setting for a corner kick, you never stay in the same spot twice, because if you stay in the same area all the time, players are going to figure that out, and they're going to learn how to cheat while where they know you're blocked from it. So you, you generally stay in the area, but you move yourself a little bit here and there. So you're watching, like I said, the crashing, you're watching the the defenders on the forwards that are crashing the right. penalty, looking for fouls there. So when that flag goes up, the instinct is, yep, she's got it. She didn't on this one. Offsides was an absolutely wrong call. It can't possible. To see Haiti get CONCACAF, it, it is impossible because like, you can't be behind the ball. They did, yeah. It, you can't be ahead of the ball. It's just not something that could have happened. It's and it's it is incredibly concacafy. It, it incredibly concacafy. The flag go up like that. If I would have blown the whistle and trust and not because, like I said, if you're not looking at the flight of the ball, you maybe the ball came in and out, except that it was actually curving the other way. And but you're just gonna be like, okay, she's got something. Crap, she's got nothing. All right, how do I sell this now? It, it, she she got it wrong. I mean, there, there's no other way to explain it. She got it wrong. It should have been a goal. Now, it was that would have made it one one at the time. Here's my question for you though: Would it have awoken the sleeping giant? It's now one to one. I get it. No. A close would have a close would have been the same. You think would have done the same thing, but a one to one game does it get it moving a little faster? Um. Instead Maybe, of playing but... from ahead, and that game, that game was one nothing until Pino came on, and then it was two three bang bang right at, on like, I think one was a, a regular corner and the other was a short corner, and then the goal at the end from Carly off of a off a great cross from Julie Ertz. But do you think that might have like gotten everything going a little bit faster? I don't know. Maybe it's tough to say. You know, it's, it's under the, it's, under the I... pretense of Mike Tyson. You've now been punched in the mouth. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but um, I still, for Haiti's sake, would have wanted to see it allowed, just because they scored the damn goal. They did. And they did, and how, I there was nobody to see Nahar's reaction. It was just like she's like somebody just was nobody near her. It's like you. you did you want to mark her? But then again, as a goalie, I can tell you if the ball's that close to the goal, you should be going to get it. And that was the liter- the only thing I think that they, the, the AR could have thought was that the Haiti player was screening there on the on you the screen. You can't make well, contact. Like, yeah, not even screening, like physically impeding her. But they and, didn't. didn't. But it wasn't even close. No. So, 
<laughs> like it's, it's it's absolutely insane no, that was like, called. Yeah, Nair need needed to go get that. That from the the goalie and me says if it's within the six, if that close to the goal line, you need to you need to go through somebody and go get that. So, but yeah, it was a four nothing win. Um, like I said, there was the cross the cross without the shoe early on from Williams that was the first goal. A couple of corner kicks. One was a short corner. One was a great corner from Pino, and then the last one was a nice cross by Ertz to Carly Lloyd. So it's four nothing. And I think that was, you know, and based again, based on what I'm hearing is they think Haiti can play. Costa Rica should be the hardest game. But it sounds like even those even those that don't think Haiti can play with them as well. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of challenge until they hit the semifinals, maybe. And that'll be Canada or Mexico. So, yeah. Uh, and and two go, right? Isn't that correct? Two qualify from CONCACAF for the Olympics? The, 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 it's the top two teams go, so whoever makes the finals goes. Right, at, at that right. Point, yeah. At that point, the finals is for pride. Correct. To and win a trophy. a trophy. Yeah. All right. More so, than just pride, but the, the big the big uh, benefit the semifinals is qualifying. The big one, and that's yeah. when they go out to California. Yeah. So do we want to go back to the jerseys? Do we want to go back? Because we're, we're, le- we're going big on that next week. Um, uh, briefly, we can mention it, and then we'll we'll be done with this minivan dad soccer pod, I think. Absolutely, and that I agree with. Okay, so a lot of the complaining is that Adidas is using a template. Now, Nike, when you look at their jerseys, are notorious for templating everybody, including the national teams. I it's swear to God, the always last, a template. Iter- yeah. The last iteration, you had trouble telling the United Kingdom or England from France, from the United States. They all look the damn same. The three stripes, and what I will say with these is, the three stripes are the same. I'm not necessarily a fan of it, but I understand why. It's it's a at least there's a but historic at, nod there. Correct. But you look at all the ones that have been leaked. There's personality in each one of them. Some isn't good. Some are good. Some are not so good. But there is a personality and a uniqueness to each one of them. There's it's a not couple like I really look- like. I like DCs. I think it works well with the scheme, and I, I think that Minnesota's is cool. I think Minnesota's is amazing. And for those who are only know Minnesota United as the MLS team and don't go back to it, go look at their NASL jerseys. The loon on the jersey is a throwback to those and a nod to that team, and I think that's outstanding. And the Minnesota Minnesota fans that I, I follow on Twitter love it. They, they love seeing that come back so that was a, i thought a great thing um i agree with you dc's dc's works and because dc was the original adidas team that they, they had the three stripes on the jersey because of adidas yeah that's you know, right they were yeah they didn't go nike they went adidas kind of the thumb the nose at everybody and it worked for them and that's why they had that so no dc it definitely works for um i again we'll and we'll go into grades individually i liked portland's i I feel like they got that right. And then uh, Portland's is an example of one that would look far better without the three Adidas stripes draping over the shoulder, though. Correct. Where if you made like the three stripes, like the traditional ones. top of the shoulder ones Correct. would look a lot better on Portland. Everything else. Portland's has like a wood grain to it. I think it's actually pretty cool. I almost always like everything Portland does jersey wise. Sure. So, yeah, but. And the other one I like that snuck up on me, I think, is oh, by the way, um, for somebody like when you look at Minnesota, for those that have seen this jersey in person, said like when it looks like the two different grades, it's the same color but it's two different materials, and that's why it looks different. It's not necessarily two different colors; it's the same color, mm-hmm. but it's the material thickness is different or something along those lines. So that that'll be part of it. The one that snuck up on me, and then like I said, we'll get into individual grades. I like Philadelphia's. I really liked Philadelphia's. So. Yeah, um, that's kind we're, of a, that, we're going to save our hate and our jokes for next week, though. Absolutely, there's plenty of them. We, and, there's plenty of I, teams that normally look pretty good that don't. Seattle don't. Um, <laughs> I had a friend of mine who's a New York and NYCFC fan reach out to me today, and I believe it was what the f, what the fuck. Uh, so I don't know so if I just hate to, that one. I have to go back and look at it. I, and I don't either. But he's an NYCFC fan, and he does not. So they don't look like Man City light this year, at least. They don't. Well, but it is their change kit, I, I believe. Oh, it's that's not true. Their home. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So 
Um, so again, and for those that are, are have listened to the show a lot, this is our favorite, my favorite show of the year because I have way too many soccer jerseys as it is. We're going to review all of them. We're going to give them all a great A to F. There's going to be some alcohol consumed, so look forward to that. Get ready for it. So we're teasing it this week. And maybe I'll have some surprises on the back end of it, too. You never know what I can do after w- w- with that. So surprises. that'll be next week's show. Yeah. Are you, never know. Is there going to be something? Did you get Freddie Adu? Oh, I, I would love to. No, I, I have a cameo. I, do it. Do it. You know what? You pay for it. I'll, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll put it in. So I'll get them. Mm-hmm. So I, in that, that sense, but that's kind of our show for this week. We're at 65 minutes. So that's definitely enough for you. Um, Pat, you can be, you want to tell everybody where you can be found? You know what? You can, uh, you can get me on Twitter at Patrick McCraney, or you could go to at hot time, old town, uh, which, which speaking of hot time in old town, sorry, I do want to step on your toes. Cause I'm really good at that. My first piece for well, for such that it is for Hot Time in Old Town posted this week for just kind of a quick preview. I'll have another one later this week for um, just the, the five W's of the Friday game. And so for kind of to sum that up as I'm going to be the Red Star, basically the Red Stars beat reporter for Hot Time in Old Town. Scary, I know. You Scary, are. You're going to be the you're going to be the Red Stars person until I find somebody better. Got it. I hope you do. Because <laughs> it's, I simple fact is I'm not a journalist. I don't you know have a background of that. I but you I can, can tell it. you is, but the Red Stars deserve as much coverage they can get, coverage they can get. So I want to hold down the fort until he can find somebody good. So we're gonna leave it on that. And for me, I can be found at Minivan Dad Pod or at TJ Zaremba. This is Minivan Dad Pod. We're on Google Play. We are on SoundCloud. We are on what is Spotify. Um, iTunes, find it, pass out, give us five-star ratings, tell your friends, let's build this one up and start sending your questions now for next week's show for the, because it'll be the official launch date. Of the I don't L- know if we want season. questions so much as the leaks are out there. The leaks Craft are out there. Give your us... best joke. Absolutely. I, I love the idea, Pat. Definitely. Yeah. Give us your best we jokes will, your, yeah. or your opinions on these things, ones you like, ones you hate. And we'll definitely try to incorporate as much of them as we can as our sobriety allows on that one. So I just hope that fire kit's good. I just hope it's good. I, it's going to be clean. What and I heard. And probably red. That's also what I heard. And on that note, you're done. You're done.